Okay, we are now recording. Happy? Yay, we're recording. Now I can say really interesting, funny, witty things. Well, you can try. (laughs) I never thought that I would be the straight man. You know, that's what I've learned listening to our podcast when I edit them is that you're the funny one now. I'm just really good at insulting people. And apparently that's really funny. I used to be well, good at insulting people. No, you are good at insulting people too. I mean, I don't want yeah, to take but, that away from you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But you know what I found is I'm a lot happier now. And as a result of that, I don't want to insult people as oh, much. Oh, wow. I mean, I've, lost, I mean, I've lost my I humorous really, edge. I mean, I really used to be really more funny, but like, I'm just so happy and satisfied in my life. I just don't feel the need to be a critical asshole. Not like you, Elizabeth. No, not like I you. I will always find <laughs> faults. With, I'm a Virgo. This is how we are. I will always find faults and try to... Um, sh- you know, cuss people out until they fix their whole life, including myself, including myself. I know. I know. It all turns back onto you, which is kind of sad, actually. It's kind of sad. It's so sad. Okay. So first of all, I want to say, I want to make a plug for your other podcast that you do with Chris Wilkins. What is it? Deconstructing Health and Fitness? Yeah, I listened to one episode of that and it was so funny and engaging that for a little while I forgot that I know both of you and I felt like Aww. it was just listening to a regular podcast with professional comedians or something. Oh, thanks. That's really sweet. <laughs> no, it was really fun. And then I remembered that I do know you and it got weird. I'm like, I feel like I'm... <laughs> listening in like I've wiretapped my sister and Chris's conversation and I'm it is eavesdropping. I feel like there are times when Chris and I forget that we're podcasting so that's why probably it feels like you're just hearing our conversation I know I know if I didn't know the both of you I think I would binge listen that would be my next binge listen but as it <laughs> is I can only do it like every once in a while because I want, first of all, I want to spread it out. And second of all, you guys have some really good, interesting things to say about health and fitness. So I feel like I need to listen to it and then have a little time should, to reflect on each one. That's that's fair. I think that's actually good. Um, that's probably the the most helpful way to ha- listen to that kind of podcast because it is they're informative. Um yeah. Not like ours. We not like ours. absolutely no <laughs> valuable information. Um, listen to our latest episode. It's it's entitled uh, "Absolute Dumpster Fire." <laughs> Brazen Fit I, deconstructing health and fitness. Absolute dumpster fire. I forget the name of the one that I've listened to with you, but I found it so interesting in terms of like understanding how you and I are so different because the episode you had recorded around Christmas time and you were talking about how you had bourbon two days in a row and you were worried that maybe you were going to become an alcoholic. And I'm like, I think I was probably drinking a pina colada while listening to this and going, (laughs) this is like 
this is my evening meal is my pina colada with a little protein powder in it. Is that bad? Oh my God. You did not, you did not <laughs> put protein powder in an alcoholic beverage. That makes me so bummed out. I can't. No, even. no, I did not put protein powder in an alcoholic beverage. I put alcohol in a protein enriched smoothie. There's Wait, a difference. you really did that? I actually can't remember for Ew. sure, but it definitely sounds like something I would do. The only acceptable way to add protein to your drink, your alcoholic beverage, is in the form of egg whites. Because sometimes in those old-fashioned cocktails, they'll add an, they'll add egg whites, and that's okay. Anything else is very like why, why? <laughs> it's well, like you're, you, I, <laughs> I have. I have trouble regulating my blood sugar, so I need to have oh, a serious could, amount of protein in my system could. at all times. You could. Well, I remember that because of, you know, all the rage that you yep. exhibited when you were hungry. Um, you could drink a, you could have protein and then alcohol. You don't have to combine them. You know, in all honesty, I, I don't think that I've, done that yet it's but like, I, I, mean, I don't think I it would be a bad thing like, I feel like you're trying to combine enjoying the frivolities of a brothel with bible study yeah pretty much that is that's really where it's at well you know that I am a Pisces and Pisces is symbolized by um two fish swimming in opposite directions because Pisces have this war between their carnal, earthly, lusty desires and their quest for spiritual growth. So, oh, but I really relate yeah. to that, but I'm a Virgo tiger and that's Virgo fire tiger. And those are very, <laughs> mm, there's big, you know, contrast there. Well, I think this is a pretty good segue to tell our listeners what our topic of the day is. Go ahead, Liz. Crystals and woo-woo. Well, the general term of woo-woo uh, <laughs> encompasses a whole lot of things that, how would you describe it? Things that are not grounded in science, just things that- and scientific fact? Anything yeah. that Anything that my fiance rolls his eyes at would probably be woo-woo. I got the these um, little herbs that I just planted in pots. I got a basil herb and I got um, rosemary and I like picked off one of the basil leaves and I was like making him smell it. And I was like, smell this. It's like, so like, it's so sensual, you know? And it's, and then I will tell him like, like with rosemary, rosemary is so good for memory and it's so good for instilling these exact feelings. Um, when I actually think there is, I'm going to say there's some, there's scientific research behind uh, the benefits of aromatherapy and healing and well-being. That's why they actually use it in hospitals. But, you know, I definitely got a bit of an eye roll kind of like, okay, okay, I don't care. I don't care. You know, and I'm like, fine, whatever. Um, I want to just point out, I was able to make fun of Andrew there. So I haven't completely lost it. Well, you, you know, you, you prompted me to make fun of Andrew. Are we going to argue who can make fun of people more and better, more better? No, no, no. I concede. I lay my my hat down to your feet for you to stomp you. all over it. So, <laughs> yeah. And also, I want to bring up, um, this is 
the and I don't I don't really mean derogatory. I don't mean um, woo woo in the de- in a derogatory sense necessarily because I also I ascribe to a lot of beliefs that some would qualify as woo woo. So yeah. I also want to point out that yesterday was the Chinese Lunar New Year, and we are now officially in the year of the ox moving away from the year of the rat which is your chinese zodiac sign the rat which is a very tumultuous year because rats are all about movement and adaptability and but they just want to change they want to change 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 and the ox is all about like grounding and uh, and um <clears throat> picking up the the shattered pieces oh my god basically. are you serious yeah, that sounds very appropriate to where we are right now. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And and you didn't even know that. And you're, you know, and like, that's that, you know, we're now in the year of the ox. And that is, it does seem rather appropriate to where we are now. Um, and I'm happy because I'm definitely a, someone who, even though I'm a tiger, even though my Chinese zodiac is a tiger, and apparently it could be a little bit of a difficult year for that tiger side of me, my Virgo side, I think will be very happy because the ox really demands hard work. It demands people, you know, work hard and get grounded. And I think that's a very positive thing right now. Um, Well, let me ask you something. You suggested this topic of woo-woo, which, as I said, is kind of encompasses a lot of different things. So why don't you tell me what are some of your favorite woo-woo things to study or what woo-woo things govern your life? Okay, so here's my woo-woo stuff. And and again, I'm using this just as like, this is just the first term that popped into my head because... You and I grew up in a very woo-woo culture. You know, we grew up with um, non-pot-smoking hippie parents, kind of. like. Yeah, it's like if you took hippies <laughs> and you just subtracted all the drugs. If you, if you took hippies okay. and you made them Mormon, that's basically what happened, kind of. I think the best way of putting it, our family liked to say we were a cross between the Waltons and the Simpsons. So we did have a television and we were sarcastic with each other sometimes, but we also spent a lot of time like digging in the dirt and calling each other John Boy. So... We grew up in a very, I would say, not, not even though we were digging in the dirt, ironically, it was not, I didn't feel like we had a very grounded childhood. It was very, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this with my therapist out loud. (laughs) I've spent a lot of time being forced into thinking about this with my therapist, but I realize actually in some ways we were very grounded because our parents were together and we had a stable family unit that just picked up and moved every four years. And we had, uh, we had a, a saying in our house, home isn't home until the for sale sign goes up. So we were always moving our external location and in different towns in low in like the cheapest towns in California 
the cheapest house in the cheapest town in California, the cheapest house in the cheapest town in the most expensive state. (laughs) Like things were always changing around us, but like our family unit was more or less stable. Mom and dad stayed together. Um, Our grandparents stayed together. The, the family, the immediate family didn't really change shape. So in some ways we actually are perfectly grounded and if your therapist tells you otherwise tell her to fuck herself geez i i notice a little bit of uh, a little bit of like feelings and emotion coming up there perhaps you should uh, grab a crystal um so yes see this is what i'm talking about like i think i used to find those things funnier when i was more bitter and unhappy with my wow. life <laughs> you know I've just really grown beyond I've just really grown beyond that like I'm so enlightened as I walk through my Costa Rican forest Liz, which what is I'm literally you. for people who can't see she's literally walking through her Costa Rican jungle area I don't even know where you're at I'm actually behind one of my favorite restaurant and bars. And yes, behind there just happens to be a jungle. And you know what? I came out here because we were talking about woo-woo stuff. And I wanted to put my feet in the dirt and ground myself in nature. Oh, my God. So I actually, do think, you, I actually do think that helps a lot. And I'm so just going to like make up some science. Um, maybe it's <laughs> not made up. I feel I heard it's because something with the electromagnetics and putting your feet in things and the electrodes and your your chakras and your, you know, I don't fucking know. It feels good, y'all. Just don't put your feet in raw sewage. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. So here's my general take on woo-woo. Anything <laughs> woo-woo. I, I basically try to suspend judgment because... Oh, wow. Aren't we just so enlightened? Sorry. Well, it's a very woo-woo <laughs> thing to do or what would be considered woo-woo. No, but the, the truth of the matter is there are more, to quote Hamlet, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio. Uh, there are lots of things that were were discovered, suspected by... Wait, did you just like, quote Shakespeare? I tuned out yeah, for a I second. Did. What was yeah. that quote and where was it from? <sighs> Don't forget, I more hate things- Shakespeare's tragedies. It's from Hamlet. There are yeah. more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio. And it's probably from Act Ooh, One. I want to use that against Andrew because he's yes. always like, what's the science? What's the mechanism? And I want to, oh man, even though I'm not into Shakespearean dramas, comedies all the way, Shakespeare's comedies are like, fuck yeah. Well, what you can tell Andrew is that philosophers and poets were talking about the atom. And discussing the atom long before anyone had developed a microscope that could look at the atom. So whenever people say something like, oh, well, you can't prove that or that's not scientifically provable, I think, yeah, it might not be scientifically provable yet, but that doesn't necessarily make it wrong. And I also think it doesn't necessarily make it right either. So I'm... I'm a big fan of just experimenting and seeing if something helps uh, in your life, then 
great. And you don't have to necessarily understand the mechanism by which it's used, but you can also go too far and then you can like use things that aren't really helping you um, or you can get taken advantage of someone who's just lying to you or lying to themselves. So it's a, it's a sticky wicket. Oh my God. Blanket. Oh, we're talking about woo-woo. I'm so yeah. woo-woo this morning because I'm just drinking coffee and I've had no food. So I'm very woo-woo in my head already. I don't know why you keep doing that when we're podcasting together. So I like, remember... Grounded. <laughs> ground yourself okay, so... by eating an apple or a potato. It's from the ground. Oh. It'll make you feel grounded. Wow. Actually true. Probably root vegetables, right? Right. So... so does that mean... Does that mean eating an egg because it comes from birds who live in trees will make me feel more airy? I remember you do not need that. Stop eating eggs then. <laughs> um, I remember <laughs> I remember when uh, when I was getting ac- when I was getting acupuncture done, I remember my acupuncturist told me that I should eat lots of seeds because that's where the light like the pure life energy is from. Huh. Because, you know, they're seeds, like, you know, yeah. b- before they sprout and everything. And I still am like, you know what? I don't care. That's like beautiful and fine. And I felt like acupuncture did a lot for me. I feel like it was very healing. I know you have, you really questioned the validity of acupuncture, I think. That's what you told yeah. me at one point when I was looking into actually becoming an acupuncturist and then you you know I have no opinions about acupuncture at all I have not had it it done I've never had it done on me oh it feels because it's needles oh um oh really yeah I've just never had it done on me and I know some people have said it helps and I know some people have said they didn't feel any different after doing it so Let's ground this conversation a little bit more. I want to bring just a little more focus to it um, because I wanted to know specifically, I've been thinking all week about astrology specifically because I think that's the most woo-woo thing that I allowed to influence my life. As a Pisces rat, Pisces rat. I'm a Pisces rat. I'm a rat that can swim. What is your Uh, element? You know, for your Chinese zodiac, you have an element. Like, I'm a fire tiger. Oh, I don't know. Can can you look it up right now? (sighs) I think I'm a wood rat. Oh, that's right. Because I have looked it up. That sounds very familiar. Wood rat. That's good because the wood, I think, would be very... I'm just glad you're not like a water rat. I feel like that would be really... We'd never get anything done. We'd never get anything done. I know. I just, I just, I know everyone can't see this, but she's, Trisha, the wood rat is like in the woods. I just saw your eyes like darting around like a little rat. And I was just like, Jesus, you really are embodying that today. I really, I'm a wood rat in this forest. Well, so this is what I was thinking about astrology specifically, because like a lot of the woo-woo stuff, the stuff that we consider woo-woo, scientists are finding more and more that there's scientific basis for like why meditation works for you and why it's good to be out in the earth and like why you should eat different foods for, um, you know, different 
health benefits, like all of that stuff, I think is becoming more and more scientifically legitimized. But there are other things that I know people like that I don't feel there's any scientific basis for it. And probably the biggest yet. one for me, yeah, yet the biggest scientific one for me was astrology. And I really wanted to look for some stuff that Which would. One? Which Western or Eastern? Well, that's a good point because there's Chinese astrology. There's, I guess, what we would call the Western astrology, which I think comes out of the Greek and Roman traditions. Um, Yeah. And most of what I found in my very cursory YouTube searches were a bunch of people saying, no, it's bunk and here's why it's bunk. And basically the stars are too far away to govern our lives. And there's all this research that says like Pisces A and Pisces B who were born at the same time wound up having very different lives. Um, And a lot of it is like, don't read your horoscope because the position of the stars today really aren't going to govern what's going on with your, your life, your personal destiny. And For me, I've never believed in reading my horoscope, that my horoscope was accurate uh, in terms of like what's going on today. But I do feel like my horoscope for the hour of my birth has been very accurate. And even my Chinese horoscope, I feel, is pretty darn accurate to me. And I don't know if it's because there is something to astrology that we just can't explain or if it's because I've just been reading about my astrological chart since I was a kid. And so maybe I've like conformed to it. Maybe I have confirmation bias. I don't know. Well, and also our parents had our charts done when we were like babies, right? Yeah. What did yours say? Mine said I was going to be the best ever at everything and everyone should listen to me at all times because I was going to save the world. That's exactly what mine said, word for word. Um, I want to see that. (laughs) So, okay. So, apparently, the mindset, according to you, you're super humble. That I'm I'm the most humble, the most humble, like how Trump is the least racist. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You're the most humble of all. I'm the mostest humble. Uh, No, mine said that I was either going to. It said something about like how I was either going to be like in the healing profession or medical for something to do with like, like healthcare, which I kind of was for a little while, or I was going to go into, um, basically into acting or, you know, the spotlight or, or whatever, but that that would be not the best oh is that Um, kind of funny yeah I mean first of all you have been in the spotlight on stage in musical theater more than the average bear well so opera opera, musical theater was just a little bit at the beginning mostly it's been opera yeah um so that obviously wound up being true. And I know you have chosen not to spend as much time doing that. Well, and yeah, right because now, we're all in fucking quarantine. No, I was actually cast as that. a lead. Well, yeah, but I was also cast, I was cast in a leading role um, in Jacques Offenbach's 
wonderful opera, The Tales of Hoffman. Uh And then quarantine hit. And I was like, oh, joy. I've been waiting for this for a very long time. Had already pretty much memorized all my music and all my goddamn French. And then the quarantine hit. And I I mean, no, I'm sorry. Like, I know a lot of people have gone through way worse than this. But it was just, I've been working for so long and waiting so long for this opportunity. And it was, that was pretty upset. You know, it was pretty devastating. And that in, you know, I've just been waiting a very long time for this opportunity. You're you're allowed to be disappointed about how affected your life. Thank you. I feel guilty because I'm like, people fucking died and you're upset that you couldn't sing your opera role. Yeah, but that's true of every disappointment you'll ever have in life. There will always be someone who's got it worse off. You're still allowed to feel more feelings. Thank you. So you're welcome. Um, I give you permission. Thank you. And I'm still going to keep up with opera. My um, opera teacher actually just reached out to me and she's like, you know, do you want to resume lessons? And I was like, yes, definitely. Um, I'm going to keep up, keep in shape and hopefully get back on the stage. But I do it as a love. I never, ever want to be, I never want that to be my livelihood. That sounds like the, my greatest hell to have to, the life of an opera singer to like have to be on planes all the time in hotel rooms and probably and pretty much you have to like bow down to the patriarchy at all times and be <laughs> treated like shit as a woman. Um, and like, I know it's not everyone's experience. I know it's not everyone's experience, but like it's as a female in opera and in many other, you know, performing arts, like you're incredibly replaceable yeah. and they make sure you, they make sure you know it. Yes. You know, in most of the arts, yeah, um, but especially as a especially as a woman, like, yeah. So yeah, well, but also living out of a suitcase. I my I love nesting. I love my home. I love being home. Oh, I'm in my home. I feel safe. I feel comforted. I hate the idea of like traveling and having to like go for audition after audition and like uh being I know people are like oh my god all over the world all over Europe I'm like I want to do that for my enjoyment not like oh I have to perform because I actually get a lot of stage fright and a lot of anxiety about performance and that sounds like absolute hell right so you I mean in many ways you are conforming to to what the astrology what your astrological chart says about you which is like you're in the spotlight, but that's not the best situation for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and Chris have this great, I think it's a great podcast about deconstructing health and wellness. And that's you being in the healing. So you've mm-hmm. kind of got both going on. But again, that's also a little bit like confirmation bias. So it's like, well, I'm finding yeah. the, the instances that prove that. But I mean, at the same <laughs> yeah. time, like, if you gave that astrological chart to Andrew, your fiance, for example, like there is uh-huh. nothing in his real life that you could use as confirmation bias of that. I don't think. Huh. What did your say? Do you remember what your birth chart said? Um, yes. Uh, all I remember is mom saying that my birth chart said I would be very verbal. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It I'm said Tricia will have <laughs> diarrhea mouth and suck all the oxygen out of every room she's ever in. Um, I think in the last in the last podcast for deconstructing health and fitness, unless I edit it out, I may have made some sort of comment about you being very, you know, mouthy, but in a nice way. In a nice Wait, way. What did what was of. the word you said? I couldn't hear you because I was talking <laughs> over you. I couldn't. I can't remember the exact. I think I called you. I think I said you were loud. <laughs> yes, I am loud. But you are. You are incredibly. You are a wordsmith. Yes, and I not am. like a shitty, not like a shitty Kanye West wordsmith. <laughs> He's such an idiot. I hate him. He's a Gemini. Oh God, I'm sorry. I just like, I just, I love, okay. I just want to say that Georgia from My Favorite Murder, who I absolutely love, is also Gemini. But when she said that she was a Gemini, when they talked about it, she was like, but I'm not like other Geminis. Like she was immediately defensive. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm like, they know, they know. Like- Look, this is, first of all, let me finish talking about me, okay? I so, was talking about you. You're loud. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you all the good things about me. So, no, my, my astrological chart said that I was going to be very verbal. And what do I do for a living? Well, I teach poetry. I, I write poetry and I teach it. It's nothing but words. And we have two podcasts. I, I have two podcasts. You have two podcasts. So, yeah, I think... I think I very directly conform to my astrological chart. And I'm pretty sure that even if mom had never told me about my astrological chart, that I would still be doing exactly what I'm doing now. So I don't know. I don't know if astrology is true or not. I know some people that make me think, um, okay, you definitely conform to your sign. And I know some people that make me go, huh, I don't really see that about you. But then sometimes they'll explain why they see themselves in this particular way. And I'm like, oh, no, I do see that. Yes, it's not the first thing I see about you. But yeah, it's definitely there. So I'm definitely on the fence. But I will say that I feel like with you and me, it it seems to be pretty manifest. Well, also, I want to throw in there... Um, I think, I think that you're talking about astrology. I think mm-hmm. you really, really need to take it with a grain of salt. You also need to actually, I feel like you, you have, you can't just be like, I'm a Virgo. Like I can't just be like, I'm a Virgo. Well, I'm like, well, what is your rising? What is your moon in? Like these things supposedly all all also really affect you so i'm like a triple virgo so that i mean oh I my like god are you really? yeah i i'm my well wait let's see so i'm a virgo that's my uh-huh. sun sign and then my moon is a virgo and i think my rising is also a virgo so you're just like you have <laughs> three anuses and they're all clenched all the time <laughs> this is why this is why all the anxiety. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm in my eastern in my eastern zodiac sign. I'm a fire tiger, which is very contrary. I feel like to being a Virgo, they're very fire tigers are incredibly bold, and not that Virgos can't be bold; they can. Um, 
especially when they're critiquing other people. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but fire tigers are, are much more kind of like, like, fuck it, you know, let's do this shit. And Virgos are like, no, let's plan this really well. <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, you also have to look at someone's well, rising are... and their moon. Uh-huh. Wait, 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 let me say something about that. That that doesn't sound mutually exclusive. It just sounds like those could actually go well together. It's just like, I am going to boldly go forth and boldly plan where no one has planned before. <laughs> Yeah, I want to say I'm sure Spock was a Virgo, <laughs> right? Does that make sense at all? Wait, how does astrology work on Vulcan? Oh well, uh, you, I, they have a different location to a different I solar know. system. Oh, and also apparently, I remember reading this randomly that so Mercury is the planet is apparently the ruling planet of Virgo, Mercury being the planet of communication. It's also okay. the ruling planet of Gemini, our mortal enemy. Um, but Wait. I remember reading somewhere that apparently Vulcan is actually the planet. There's a Vulcan planet, and that's the ruling planet of Virgo, but it's not, I don't know. I don't know in all my woo-woo books at Barnes and Noble that I like to read. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's Andrew again? He's Capricorn. No, no, no. Andrew is a Taurus. So he's a bull. And the earth side. But, and the, but he, yeah, and then he's also the year of the pig or the boar. Okay. So he's double. Basically, he is like literally as stubborn as someone can be. You guys, I, I can see that you guys work well together because we do <laughs> like, I think when you guys first got together and I was asking you about him, you just gave me a list of your mutual dislikes. Just like we both hate <laughs> leaving the house. We both hate living in Los Angeles. We both hate crowded places. Just like, yeah, yeah. You guys are made for each other. <laughs> yeah. We're both like crazy. I mean, we've had to, we've had lots of this these moments during quarantine and just recently where we're all like if 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 the if the world wasn't having a major pandemic like our lives literally would be the exact same like the only thing yes. we're doing different is wearing masks at, our, at, at grocery stores that's like the only difference in our life really um right and that's kind of it's kind of depressing I don't know. No, it just it just means you guys have the skills to weather this particular storm and you're learning more about yourselves. And when you come out of quarantine, you can find ways to keep what you liked about quarantine. Never leaving the house. Yeah. You need to create when a I lifestyle. Do leave the house, I always try to leave the house when other people would not want to leave the house so that I can avoid them. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So oh, and and your and your husband, he is a Sagittarius monkey. Okay, so oh let me God. let me get into to the opposite now. First of all, okay. um Virgo is actually the direct opposite of Pisces, which is yes, what I am. But I don't consider you my mortal enemy. It's really Gemini's no. because no, I no. love Gemini's immediately. And we get along yes. really fast and really easily. And then they always goddamn stab, stab me in the back. I swear to God. Why? Why? So this is one area where like, it, it is really ironic because 
you're a Virgo, you're a more stable person. I'm the Pisces. I should be the one who's way more invested in woo-woo stuff. But yeah. I do not let astrology. I never. You better, you better keep, you better. I'm just going to throw something out to you right now. Yeah. To our audience. When we have one. Like, <laughs> you employed a cat psychic before you bash astrology. That's- Let's talk about woo-woo. Cat psychic. Not cat therapist. Not cat therapist. Cat psychic. Well, let me tell you this. I think the cat psychic, I do not know if cat psychics actually talk to cats, but I think they do understand cat behavior better than the average person. That's so a some- cat behavior specialist, and that's completely but- legit. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. The point is, yes. Okay. Yes. We did hire a cat psychic. And some of the things that they told us were really useful. Like they told us to adjust the scratching posts of the cat so they would stop scratching on the um, the furniture. They basically said, you need to get a raised cat scratcher so that they can scratch upward as though they were scratching on the posts of the couch. And we did that and it fixed things. And at one point- yeah, but that's- Anyone would know that because cats need to scratch on something like a tree. That's why to... we didn't know that. We didn't know that. And it helped us. The other things that didn't work out so well is the cat psychic was like, yes, I talked to your cat. I've communicated her to her that she would like you to stop, that you would like her to stop hitting the new cat. And my cat wants to relay the message to you to go fuck yourself. So I was like, I mean, I mean I that could be legit. It could be legit, but I thought a cat psychic was going to like talk to the cat and be all like, no, you need to be change your behavior. Instead, they just talk to you and they're all like, yeah, your cat's not going to change their behavior. I'm like, I could do that. I could talk to people so, and be all like, yeah, your cat told me to tell you to fuck yourself. I feel like. So I'm really torn about psychics because. Like, I do believe in intense intuition, like very prominent intuition. Uh Uh-huh. But I just know there are so many psychics that have taken advantage of people. Well, can I actually, okay. Yeah. Let me me be extra ironic here. Um, So this is something that we we did a little studying in, in my humanistic psychology program. And the thing about intuition, as we understand it with a faulty understanding, but it's not what people think it is like you're having some conversation with a divine presence or whatever. Intuition is basically all of your sensory perceptions, but being processed much more quickly and using both your limbic system, like using your body and your nervous system, as opposed to using just your brain. So, for example, they did this study. We'll see if I can find it. But there was a study where firemen went into a building when it was not on fire and looked around and came out. And later, that building, that same building, was on fire. They ran inside and they very quickly tried to you know, they saved a person and then they very quickly ran towards the exit that would have been the best exit based on their understanding 
of the layout of the building from when they went in earlier. Now, because of the fire, that exit was blocked, and so they had to use a second exit. So they used their intuition to process all of the information that they remembered, and they used it very quickly, but it didn't, it didn't take into account the fact that that particular entrance was blocked because of the fire. So basically what it is, is that intuition won't give you psychic powers. It'll just help you maybe like process something that you're not consciously aware of, you know? So it's like, hey, that's right. That one time I I saw that guy kick a puppy and I didn't think about it too hard. Uh, I would literally kill if someone tried to kick a puppy in front of me. I would literally break their leg and beat them with it. Let me. Okay, let me. Let me. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that won't take too hard to explain. But it's just like, hey, you know, I saw that guy, and like something about me tells me that he's not trustworthy. Well, maybe it's like something that he's doing or he's saying that feels off, but you can't really explain it. Like it might be the way that he smiles just isn't um, authentic. It's not getting to his, here's the thing. It's not getting to his eyes. That's how you know. And you might not be able to consciously prove that there's something wrong. You might not be able to say, Hey, I know from this research I've done on the man that there's something wrong about him. You might be able to just like say intuitively when I'm around him, something about him really bothers me. And that's like your body talking to you. That's your body Isn't processing a fascinating? bunch of things. Yeah. I, no, I completely, I, I get this. Um, this is also exactly how Andrew, basically he compared it to like with an animal, how they get their, you know, they get their um, instincts. These the intuition yes. is instinct. Um. Because, like, how do cats know just how to be killers? Like, they just, like, like, Roka, we, we put birdies on the, you, on YouTube for Roka birdie videos. And I was like, how does she know that she wants to, like, murder that? And how does she know, like, <laughs> oh my God, that right there? Um, and Andrew's like, well, it's instinct. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is instinct. Um, and if we all didn't have sex education, I know we'd all still be banging each other. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, we would, right? Obviously, before Probably. There was, like, sex education, everyone, obviously, through scientific research, I have found that people were banging each other before you had sex education. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it is instinct. And that's why I do. I always tell specifically women I'm like always listen because mom always said it to us listen to your intuition like when you're around someone and you're like "Mm, there is something about them that's making me clench inside and making me want to like want to get away from them listen to that there you know there's something there that's not safe for you yeah it's not necessarily woo woo it's not necessarily mind games or you know it's not woo woo it's like yeah a lot of the time your body absorbs and processes information uh, through oh my God. your body, through your nervous system I think that your brain can't fully understand. I actually think this is super, super important and might be definitely more helpful understanding intuition in this, in this actual way, because how many times, and I've done this, I've done this, um, how many times 
you know, have you heard people or heard of people's experiences where they were actually in a very dangerous situation and something did happen or something, you know, was about to happen and they were like, I got a really bad feeling about this person or the situation, yeah. but I was like, oh, I'm just being paranoid. It's fine. I know this has happened to me a couple of different times. Um, the last time it happened to me, you know, I ended up having to call 911. Um and I was like, oh, you're just being paranoid. You're just being so paranoid. And maybe if I had understood intuition as like, obviously, I'm picking up on all these things that make me feel like, oh, this is not a safe person to be around. Yeah, I, um, I would have actually been like, oh, okay, that's legit and fine. But instead, because I think I was thinking of intuition, like, oh, like my psychic ability, you know, I was like, just like, oh, me oh you're being over dramatic you watch a lot of horror movies you watch a lot of like thriller you you listen to true crime stuff um you're just being you're just being crazy and paranoid which is awful because then I had to call 911 you know <laughs> oh you're <laughs> talking was, about that time there was a crazy person at your work yeah who brought who, a knife um, who, no no he didn't bring a knife he um well not that I don't know actually if he had a weapon on him but he was um talking to me about the voices in his head and came into my yep. office in the back room and it was just me and him alone. And he came into my office and I told him, you know, you have to get out. You can't be in here. And he wouldn't leave. And he just kept coming closer to me talking about the voices in his head. Tell quote unquote said the voices keep telling me to come here. Keep telling me to come here. Why is that? Why is that? And kept on coming close to me. He was wearing very baggy clothing. Um, I don't know, you know, I didn't know if he had a weapon on him. All that I knew is that I was alone and he was definitely, you know, this was a bad situation and potentially just, like life-threatening. Because I think I've heard this story. Uh, so I just want to yeah. clarify, you got a bad feeling before he started saying oh, the yeah. voices in his head. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I got a really bad feeling because I was working at the parks department in Los Angeles um, and I was working at this particular state park. And I was in, there's an office in the back, but I was um, in like the main part where, you know, people can come in and look at our exhibits. And he came in and he was like looking through the book and he was there for a long time. And I just remember like all the bells and whistles went off, like there's something wrong. But I also, I kind of had like a history of like hating when people would come in there and hang out too long because I like <laughs> to be alone and I hated that. So I was really, really irritated at him. I was just like, can you fucking leave? It's not that interesting. Jesus. <laughs> um, and because, you know, he was there for like over an hour, just me and him. And it was okay. really irritating me. And also, but I was also, it wasn't just irritation. I was very creeped out, which is really what it was. And so I went outside and hoping that that would kind of prompt him to leave. Um but it did not. And he just kept on, he just kept on sitting there. And, um, so I, I remember just huffing and just being like, you are being so paranoid. You watch too many thrillers. You need to go back inside. It's not a big deal. So I went back inside and then I went to the back office and then, you know, he came, I should have locked the door behind me. I should have, I should have locked the door, but I don't want to victim blame myself, <laughs> but, um, I didn't. Okay. I didn't lock the door. I remember specifically I did not lock the door because I was really worried that he would hear me lock the door and get very upset and agitated that I was like mm. locking the door on him, you know, um, which is 
it's sad the fact that I felt like I couldn't do an extra measure of protection because I would agitate this person that I was feeling very concerned about. Right. So yeah, he came We've in there, started talking there. to me. Yeah, he came to me and um, like in my favorite murder, they always say "fuck politeness." Um, you know, lock that door if you feel unsafe. Like lock that fucking yeah. door. Um, and he came back there, started talking to me about the voices, kept on getting close to me. He was blocking my exit. He was standing in front of the door. I could not exit. Um, and I remember I just grabbed, I had, to, you know, cause we did some arts and crafts back there, um, in the office and I grabbed two pairs of sister scissors and held them in either hand. Um, you know, just waiting to see if he would rush me. I thought about rushing yeah. him and shoving him out of the way to get past him, but I was really concerned because he was wearing really baggy clothing. Um, I was really concerned that he had, you know, he had a weapon that I didn't see. Right. So I decided not. What, what I decided not to rush him. I I know the answer to this question, but what ultimately happened? How did you get out of this situation? Well, I, thankfully I had been on the phone with Andrew and Andrew, my fiance, Andrew heard me heard because the guy came in the office when I was on the phone with Andrew, I was telling, I was telling him, Hey, like I'm, you know, I'm feeling concerned about this guy. He won't leave. Um, just kind of wanted to be on the phone with him to feel better. And Andrew was witness like on the phone, you know, the guy came in, I said, Oh, you know, you can't be back here. And then I was like, you need to leave. You need to leave. And I, my voice kept on rising and like shaking, like you need to, you need to leave, get out of here, get out of here. And then my very, I I just love it. How they, like, I was alone there and like the very bad reception up there, very bad reception. So my phone dropped the call, but that's like the last thing Andrew heard. So Andrew called 911 and then oh, eventually wow. when I got in this reception, I called 911. Um, and the, you know, the cops came and, you know, How long escorted did him out. It's really hard to say because, you know, when you're in a state of absolute panic, you, you know, it feels yeah. like, like minutes feel like, like an hour. So you were I just sitting there talking to him, like... No, I, well, I was holding, I was clutching two knives because I was like, whatever happens, I'm going to stab him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you not mean whatever happens. If he comes at me, I'm going to stab him because yeah. you need to get the fuck away from me. So I was just, I kept on backing up and he kept on like coming at me um, slow, very slowly. Um, yeah. So was this guy like know, tall? Was he? He was, he was, he was actually probably was? a little I'm yeah I'm like I'm six like almost six feet five eleven something um he was he was a little taller than me oh my god that is scary it was no I mean if he were I'm sorry but if he were like really little I mean I think it still is scary if you're like kind of cornered and someone's blocking your exit and like like I'm sorry like I am a woman and I am very strong like physically but you know, I've been overpowered by significantly shorter men during my yeah. MMA days. I've been overpowered by men who, who I dwarf. So I'm not going to sit there and be like, I can take you. Cause I, I know better. Yeah. Good for you. That's good for you. So, um, yeah. so anyways, astrology, uh, my <laughs> sign that we have. Listen to yet? your instincts, listen to your intuition, listen to your yes. fucking instincts. Don't ever 
don't ever say to yourself, if you're just trying to like do a little extra uh, precaution, don't ever say to yourself, oh, I'm being crazy. I'm being paranoid. I watch too many thrillers or true crime. Don't ever fucking say that to yourself. <laughs> it's just a little extra caution. You lock that fucking door. Now, I'm not saying you like approach that person with a knife and say like, I'm going to fucking cut you. No, I'm saying you lock that door. You know, you check behind you. Like whenever I'm hiking, I often will glance behind my shoulder and make sure no one's sneaking up on me. Like... You know, just do your extra caution and never tell yourself you're being crazy, um, especially as a woman, because I know society has a tendency to be all like, oh, you're being so crazy and paranoid. Fuck you. Fuck you, society. Yes. Okay, you go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, what were we talking about? What am, what am I going ahead on? We were talking about intuition and how intuition is a super legit thing. And it just means like your basic, your animal instincts are picking something up that your human brain is like, no, that can't be. But your animal instincts are like, <laughs> yeah, it is basically. Well, That's your physical is. instincts. Um, I don't know. Well, I guess animals. Yes, of course, they must have intuition. They hear a thing and or they're just extra cautious all the time, like a deer is drinking water and it hears a twig snap and it just runs just because why take the chance? Um, but yeah, I mean, look at Bambi. You. Bambi's mother got shot. I'm just going to say <laughs> she didn't. She because didn't she listen didn't to listen to her intuition. And, you know, <laughs> <Sorry>. so. <laughs> I think for me, the biggest sense of my intuition, like one thing I keep wondering about is moving to Costa Rica. It did not seem like the most logical thing to do at all. We were planning on moving to Portland, in fact, and we were getting all of these really great signals that that was a good move and it was going to be good for work. And I had friends up there and I had friends I didn't know I had up there who like came out of the woodwork. They're all like, hey, you know, you can like, teach creative writing classes at my house if you want. And all of these very legitimate, positive um, signals that it was a good idea. But just in the pit of my stomach, I was like, no, no, I don't feel happy. The idea of moving there just makes me feel dead inside. And what I really wanted was to go be in the tropics. And every time I would go walk on the beach, I'd be like, how can I get more of this into my life? More walking on the beach time. And I knew that living in a foreign country like Costa Rica would be more affordable and I'd have more free time for walking on the beach. And so finally we decided to do that, even though we'd never been here before. And now we're in one of the safest places in the world to be regarding the pandemic. Like almost no one has it where we are. The few people who do have it have had a mild case. And I don't mean in all of Costa Rica, like the city in Costa Rica, it has spread. The pandemic has spread. But where we actually are in Guanacaste region of Costa Rica, like very few people have gotten COVID and everyone has recovered and everyone's had a really mild case. So this is one of the safest places to be right now. And it's gorgeous. And I, I just love being here. So I don't know if there's like, there was some intuitive thing that told me don't move to a cold city where it rains all the time. Or if that's just, you know, like, like that's just my logical brain being like, yeah, you don't like cold. Uh, that's why you don't like 
the idea of moving to a cold, rainy city and the fact that a pandemic hit after we left is just pure coincidence. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm just, but I'm just happy to be that we're, that we're all out of LA. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, you know, I think that that's interesting. And I know you did like some, I think you had some tarot readings done about moving. Oh, um, that, okay. That is another one of those woo woo things tarot, that I don't, yeah. yeah, well, I don't necessarily believe in it, but what happened is that, um, yeah, we told people we were moving to Costa Rica. We didn't know where to go. And we were kind of deciding between Tamarindo, San Jose, and um, and Hako. And like two different people volunteered to do a reading and they had their tarot cards with them. And I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm not going to tell you no. This will be fun if nothing else. Both of them had almost the exact same reading. They got mm. almost the exact same reading. And it was basically like, if you go to Tamarindo, it's, it could be good or it could be very deceptive. This card is a lot about deception. If you go to San Jose, I can't remember what it was, but it was like nothing, nothing too good. And then it was like, Hako, you'll make more money if you go to Hako. So we went to Hako. We were there for six months. Uh, that was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, I don't think we made a huge amount of money there, but we did have really low rent, which is nice. <laughs> and then we wound up moving to Guanacaste, which is near Tamarindo. So we wound up being in a place that's like neither um, neither of the places that the tarot cards had said anything about. And, you know, I, again, it's like, I don't, I wasn't going to make the decision based on what the tarot card said or anything. Like we, we didn't buy a house in, in Hako based on the tarot cards or anything, but um, it was just very strange to me that two separate people got almost the same reading. And that is interesting. It is. And I still just wonder, you know, I think you're always wondering when something coincidental happens, like, is it coincidence or, See, and that's, this is the interesting thing about people. Or is it fate? Really, no, we're not. We're really designed to look for cause and effect and some kind of predictable structures around us. So they've done these studies even in rats where like, it, I'm trying to think, it's like if a bird flapped their wings and then the rats got fed, um, then they associated a bird flapping with their wings with them getting fed. And they came to expect that. Like they, you know, they look for cause and effect. We all look for cause and effect because we want to know, we want to feel like we have some read on the world around us. And so, so this comes back to astrology because I actually think um, something that was really interesting to me about astrology uh, was actually brought up by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Someone asked him, like, hey, is there any scientific basis for for believing in my horoscope and that kind of thing? And he said, well, basically, like, you know, correlation is not causation. So back in ye olden times, um, when you were being born or when a mother was pregnant with her child, 
And it was a certain type of year, the mother would have access to more nutrients or fewer nutrients, depending on like where they lived and what season it was. So the kid would come out being more healthy or less healthy. And so people might have associated the time of year you were born with certain physical dispositions, you know, and and it has nothing to do with the movement of the stars. It has to do with what season it is, which does correlate with the movement of the stars, right? So I thought that was, to me, the most interesting kind of explanation that I've heard so far, the most scientific explanation, but I don't know if that's true either. And of course now, you know, like you can get certain nutrients year round, although I guess you're still having variations of amounts of vitamin D that you get and things like that. So it also depends on where you live. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of produce you get, what kind of, you know, what kind of nutrients, what kind of vegetables and fruits and whatever. I I mean, I really, I mean, At least I can use that with Andrew because Andrew loves Neil deGrasse Tyson. He watches him like multiple times a week on YouTube. There you go. There you go. There you go. Scientists talking well, to scientists. Well, let me just say about my own. As far as my own astrological sign goes, like I do find mine to be very indicative. It, it does. I do feel like I conform to my astrological sign pretty well. Because, and this is the interesting thing. So I'm a Pisces is my sun sign. Pisces is my sun sign. My moon is in Sagittarius. And you're going to love this. My rising sign is Gemini. Yeah, which um, I know about and you. And I pointed was so, out, I was so like, oh. <laughs> I'm just glad that your moon's not out, in Gemini. Why? What do you think would happen if my moon was in Gemini? Well, I heard that like you're, I mean, I don't know if this is <laughs> quote unquote true. So apparently your, your moon is supposed, so your rising is supposed to be what you show to the world and your moon is what you really truly feel and are inside. It's the core of your you-ness. Yeah. So, well, okay. Let me just take a second to defend Gemini. Gemini you know, we may have listeners who are Gemini. I just want to point that out. So don't worry, Gemini. At least one of us has your back. At least you one of your what? back. I right. said I love Georgia from My Favorite Murder, and she's a Gemini. There you go. Well, that's I the really, thing. Like, yeah. One, you shouldn't judge a person based on their astrological sign. Well, I just want to say real Gemini fast, though. Uh-huh. I want to say real fast, though. Trump, Giuliani, and Kanye West are all Geminis. Okay, I'm done. Uh... Well, it is hard to ignore that kind of evidence. Are there any good Geminis, like any people you admire who are Geminis? You need to go look I like that up. Georgia from, I like Georgia from My Favorite Murder. Okay, I want you to go, while I'm giving my rant okay, on Geminis, okay, okay. I want you to look this up. Okay, so as far as Geminis go, like they, they just have two, what their astrological sign says, whether you believe it or not, is that they have two sides. So it's often like you'll see their positive side one day and you might not see their negative side the same day. But I think that's true of everybody. We all show one face to the world and especially one thing when we're, you know, we're, we're meeting somebody new and then you find a different face 
or a variation on that face when you get to know a person for a longer period of time. So I don't think Geminis are unique in that area. Maybe, maybe some of them have that quality exacerbated. And you should basically just never take someone at face value. If they're really nice the first time you meet them, don't take that to mean that they're always going to be that way. I think that's just generally good advice. And if you don't take people at face value, then you won't be disappointed when they show you that they have a different side to them. Like, maybe I'm just cynical. I just assume anyone, if they're really nice, has like a darker side I'm just not seeing. God, I'm trying to, okay, you know what we should look up? I should look up, um, wait, what's the term for people who go out and do like nothing but selfless things and devote their life? And throw No, because you could be rich as fuck and living your luxurious lifestyle and be giving lots of money to charities. I'm talking about people who devote their life to helping others who like literally that is their existence altruistic gemini okay let's see god damn it's really hard to find <laughs> all right um okay wait 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 famous oh let's see like leaders even though usually they're pretty bad people all right liz i gotta um i gotta go eventually uh, we've been on this for an uh, hour and a half oh now. oh interesting mike pence is also a gemini what's fucking fascinating isn't it fine you've made your point there are no good gemini in the world let's see let's see let's see famous virgos let's see what we come up with Hmm. keanu reeves need i say more (laughs) (laughs) he's like very he's apparently like the the like one of the nicest most wonderful people bill murray Oh, Bill Murray. Bill. Look at that. Look at that. Bill fucking Murray, y'all. What's Patrick Swayze? I think he's a Leo. And I know that off the top of my head because I make a point now of looking up anyone I really like or dislike and their zodiac signs. (laughs) When you cut when it comes when it comes to like famous when it comes to like famous people in the media in the media not like neil degrasse tyson who is famous for science i mean he is in the media but you know when they're famous yeah. for like performing arts there a lot of them are leos and capricorns oh that's interesting um, so let's see fame actually what is neil degrasse tyson neil... he's a leo i believe he's a leo. Is he? i could be wrong i know i looked famous, it up the other day famous pisces um there's a lot Ew, Justin Bieber. God, I'm sorry, Trisha. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You also so, have... Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, you wait also I didn't... Have... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you have Elizabeth Taylor. You have Johnny Cash. Yeah. You have... You know, it really shows that... Let's see. You have Drew Barrymore. You... Yes. God. Pisces people need to be more grounded. I can totally see Drew Barrymore being a Pisces. Okay, let me tell you this one thing, because it's (laughs) like this, for drawing from my own experience, this is something that makes me think like, yeah, there's something to astrology. It can't be all bunk, which is that, so I'm a Pisces. My moon is in Sagittarius. My rising sign is Gemini. Um, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is a Libra. There we go. Know. I knew it was one of the L ones. Anyways. Wow. So, that's very different. Libra and Leo are very different personalities. So anyways, 
So anyways, um, somebody pointed out that those are all three the signs of the horoscope uh, of the Zodiac where they're symbolized by two different forces. So the Gemini are twins. That's two different people in one Zodiac sign. Sagittarius is a man on a horse and Pisces is a fish, two fish swimming in opposite. Yeah. Pisces is two fish. No, a Sagittarius isn't a Sagittarius, a centaur, which is not a man on a horse. It's a half man or woman, half horse. Okay. So a Sagittarius is half man, half horse. And depending on how you see it depicted, it can also be a man on a horse. So anyways, you've got two animals. Pisces is the fish swimming in opposite directions. So it's two fish and one of them is trying to go one direction. One is trying to go the other direction. And I think you and Alan and anyone else who knows me can agree that I'm one of the most indecisive people in the world. There's a competition. I entered my name (laughs) and I won first place for being most indecisive person currently alive today. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, not really, because if you were, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have moved to Costa Rica. That's a huge decision. No, 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 you no. made a fucking decision. I will make decisions, but it's always like Alan described my decision making process as basically being like, let's try this. No, let's try this. No, let's try this. No, let's try this. Oh, that okay. is so you. Oh, yes. and you know what's also funny? It's also mm-hmm. dad, who is another Pisces. It's, <laughs> I am very much like dad and become our father with more tact it's true because i have a libra mother so um, Mm. (laughs) i learned from both of them uh but in any event it's um i feel like that is a very accurate way of describing me and as you just pointed out i am also a rat and the year of the rat is symbolized by lots of change and adaptability to change adaptability and what, what, what am I, you know, what is my trademark, Liz? What am I known for? I am known for just having constant change, like moving from one place to another and needing to have so, new stimuli and constantly oh, yeah. saying, couldn't there be something else? I mean, I'm just, yeah, too, you know, pulling do you remember, do you remember Charlotte's Web, like the cartoon? Yes. Do you remember the rat character when he was like after the Templeton. fair? Yeah, Templeton. Yes. After are the you fair, saying that I'm when you were yeah, told that, me saying that I'm fat. No, that song. Like, remember when he's yeah. like all excited about all the different types of like food after the fair, and he's like, "I get this, and I get this, and I get this." That's kind of that's kind of you. That is very <laughs> me. So wait, I'm a, okay. So my things are I'm virginal because virgo is a virgin and also i have like the libra i think i do have some strong libra in my chart which is all about balance and the scales and stuff so what is that um well you're very diplomatic when you're talking to people who don't know you well yeah because i feel like you know you want to like when people know me i'm like you already know me, so I can just be myself. Isn't that normal? Maybe that's why you hate Gemini, because you see part of yourself in them. Fuck you. Because I've heard you when you get on the phone with a stranger or a professional person, or we're just out 
back in the day when you could go out to lunch with someone, like the waiter would come by and your voice would go up about seven octaves. You'd be like, can I please have some water? Thank you so much. And then you'd be all like, oh, I hate almond milk. It's the New Jersey of beverages. Um, Can I I please have not almond milk, but some like regular milk, please? Thank you so much. You're so nice. Thank you so much. I think that comes from working in the service industry because I remember like how abusive people are to um, (laughs) to people working in the like when, you know, working in retail and whatnot. People can be be so abusive and especially to wait staff. So I always want yeah, to make, no. uh, I do, I overdo it, but I always want to make a point of being like, I am going to try to be as nice as possible to you because I know people are shit. I think that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Not right. like trying to be, because the way you said it made me sound like super fake. Like, oh my God, hi. Oh my God, I love your dress. And as soon as they leave, it's like, ew, an ugly dress. No, I don't do that. No, you just, you're very much like trying to be super nice to people you don't know. Well, oh, I'm sorry. What a horrible characteristic of a person. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Okay, I just got to add in, because we're going to wrap this up, but I also want to, um, I'm going to interject a recording I made with my best friend, Sage. Um, I just love her name, Sage. It's so woo-woo. And Sage so Sage and I, Sage and I uh were talking specifically about crystals because she's bringing into crystals. And Sage is like one of the most grounded people I know. Um, she and Andrew are very alike. And uh I just kind of love that she is getting into crystals and I've been sending her stuff about like witchcraft and Wicca because I was always into that as a teenager. Um, and I find it very, I find that Wicca is very empowering to women. And also it gives you a, like, it does feel like, oh, I can project things out there, my energy out there to influence my world, which I love. Um, it's like a prayer, but like a super concentrated prayer. Like that's what spells are. They're like rituals, you know, and prayers. Here's a recording of Sage and me talking crystals and woo woo. So, Sage, crystals, mm-hmm. where are you at? Like, like, how did you get into crystals? What do you think about using them? Do you think that they have, like, a purpose and a benefit in your life? What do you think? I think you were the first person to introduce me to crystals. This year, I got crystals from my sister and my mom. Then I started using them and haven't looked back since (laughs) how do you feel when you're using them like different things for particular crystals what do you use them for like how do you include them in your life I just charge them like monthly basically on either like a new moon or a full moon I mean the first time I (laughs) I tried charging them I remember talking to you I was like I don't know how to charge my crystals and you were like oh you know you can do this or this. And then I looked online and they were like, this particular site was like, if you really want to charge your crystals, um, you can bury them. You can bury them in the earth. And so this is my first time doing them, you know, charging them, not doing them, but (laughs) charging them. And um, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go that extra mile. So (sighs) um, 
I cleansed them, I dried them off, and then I set my intentions, and then I was, I dug a hole and I buried them under the moonlight so the moonlight could charge them. And then the next morning, I was going to get them out because I read that, like, you don't want to leave them out too long because then they get supercharged. So I made sure to get up early and, like, dig them out, and I started digging, and I couldn't find them, and I was in my bathrobe. Like, just like, <laughs> then my mom came out and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I, I'm trying to find my crystals. They're buried. And so then she said, do you want a rake? And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I used the rake and I found them. I was really relieved because I would be, I was going to be pissed if I buried my crystals and I couldn't find them again on my first try, you know, just trying to charge them the best I could to have the most power. And so after that, I was like, I don't care if this is not as powerful, but I'm going to charge them on the windowsill under the moonlight, but I'm not burying them again because that's too stressful. Um, so, yeah, now I just charge them once a month. I cleanse them, set my intentions, and then I charge them and then I bring them in and then I just kind of forget about them. I don't mean to forget about them, but they're in my room and um, I think they're cool. Like I, I think it's, it's kind of, it's fun. And, um, I, I'm enjoying learning more about them because I don't know. I really am a newbie. I don't know everything there is to know about crystals. You have a favorite, you have a favorite one that you like to hold you're drawn to. Uh, yes. Um, it's like this clear kind of like pinkish clear one that's shaped like a heart is that the rose rose quartz i don't know i'm really bad i'm just with gonna it. go ahead and throw out that it's rose quartz because it's pinkish clearish and shaped like a heart and often they'll put rose quartz in the shape of a heart okay they're like the love stone they they instill feelings of um Oh, this really shows you like all the research I've done. <laughs> and steal feelings of love, gentle love and peace. Okay. So when I was a teenager, I got hardcore. I was a hardcore loner and I got really into Wicca because I loved watching um, Charmed and I loved watching The Craft and like Buffy. And I was really, you know, I was really into Wicca and I would just sit under like I remember we had this beautiful pepper tree and I would sit under the pepper tree and I would read all my, all every like witchy book I could get my hands on, especially about herbalism, crystals, you know, everything like that. And that's where my knowledge comes from. <laughs> um, but I find, I like that. You, so you're really attracted to that rose quartz, which has a very gentle, supposedly very gentle, loving, a vibration um and for anyone who doesn't know you know crystals are crystals are um supposedly you know each and every one has their own different set of vibrations think of it as each and every one is like a different person each crystal has its own personality when I remember to hold my crystals like I have a bowl of crystals which I know is not necessarily what you're supposed to do because apparently the energies could clash but <laughs> I have a bowl of crystals of different like rocks and 
sometimes I'll like pick out a couple just from my, I, I generally know what they all are supposed to do vibrationally, but I also go with what my gut is telling me and like what I feel like I need in the moment. And so I'll just like pick out a couple and hold them. And I'm like, it really, it, you know, they are rocks and it does make me feel more grounded and it makes me feel more peaceful. And like, I'm getting some sort of support, some sort of support. Um, so, you know, win, win, right. Win, 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 win. Um, so <clears throat> what do you think to get a little controversial? What, what do you think about people um, who like, make water bottles with like and put like a, a an amethyst in it and they're like that's one hundred dollars <laughs> I mean I just feel like they're it's one thing if you have like already have a crystal that you've bought you know for whatever that you already have and you're putting it in water and drinking it I mean do you that's fine well, but I just feel like when a corporation does that it's um it's just uh, a corporation um, exploiting people's wellness for a profit. And um, yeah, just basically it's part of wellness culture. Um, and it's just ridiculous to charge that much for a water bottle and a crystal. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's gross. I think it's gross too. I mean, for all I know, I could go out and like on my hike and find a rock and hold it and be like, this feels great. And that's a rock I found on my hike. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I do buy into crystals. Like I do, I do. I've been collecting them over the years and I do believe that there is a, I believe that everything holds a certain vibration or energy, you know, which, which is vibration. And I think that it's, <laughs> I'm gonna use the term logical I think that it makes it, it makes sense to me that these rocks would hold their own vibration I think like a, a tree like this tree out here holds a certain vibration I feel like roses have a different vibration so why not rocks you know yeah. I like it I like it. I like to be surrounded by my crystals and I like to like put my black tourmaline by my computer, you know, to protect myself against the negativity of social media. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, seriously, and I know you got a big hunk of black tourmaline, which I'm I do. I love my tourmaline. Yeah. That's I mean, really I. Cool. Huh? Black tourmaline, for anyone who doesn't know, black tourmaline, tourmaline is like one of the most powerful protection stones. It's supposed to protect you against all sorts of negativity and also like against the badness of electronic stuff. Well said. Well said. <laughs> so before we peace out, there's one other thing I have to say, and this is again, another one of those reasons why Whatever the science may or may not be, I don't, I just really can't discount astrology as, as a legitimate science. Um, I'm not saying I believe in it either. I'm just saying I'm not going to just discount it either. Well, there's so many things also there. It's not just astrology. There's like astrology, tarot, crystals, balancing right. your chakras, you know, <laughs> like well, I, mean, I, mean, I got to balance my chakras because I swear there's some blockages. I honestly don't know what that means, but it sounds like there's a physical oh, energy involved. In any you event. You know what the chakras are. 
No, I know. I don't know how to balance them. It just sounds like getting going to see a chiropractor, which I believe in. Because I've seen chiropractors. See, chiropractors have never helped me that much, but acupuncturists have helped me. I find that people who really love chiropractic work tend to not like acupuncture and vice versa. Right. Interesting. So So go ahead. One of the things that just definitely makes me pause on saying that I don't believe in astrology. I'm not with it. I'm not against it. I'm very open-minded about it. Um, But my husband, my husband is a Sagittarius and he doesn't follow astrology too closely. In fact, they asked him if it was okay to share this on the podcast. And I asked him if he believed it and he's all like, sure, why not? That's as much as he will um, commit basically. But he's like, somebody told him he was a Sagittarius and he asked, what is that? And the person told him they're half philosopher, half clown. And he said, oh my God, that's me in four words. And if you know my husband, he's very smart. He definitely has a philosophical sense to him, but you have to like get some of the circus paint off of his face in order to see it. Because most of the time he's just making fun of everything he sees. This is why Alan and I get along because we both kind of drink our own Kool-Aid, but we also love to make fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's like one of the reasons why I can be married to Alan because he has a really good sense of humor and he has a really good sense of like um, self mockery and so he won't ever take himself well not ever but he rarely takes himself so seriously that we can't have like an actual conversation uh and and that's just like that's something i need and i have a sagittarius moon so it makes sense that like the person i want to spend all my time with is the person who reflects what are apparently my real true values as a human being Mm. interesting yeah andrew's moon is in Ooh, it's all gemini i'm like no no it's so not gemini (laughs) it's so that would be okay that would i think make me stop believing in astrology if his moon's in gemini i'd be like what no (sighs) anyways you were gonna bring this to a close somehow let's all take a moment to like ground ourselves in the earth (laughs) and we need to smudge our crystals and our chakras Uh so like everyone take a deep breath you know and everyone like have a blessed blessed day (laughs) ranting almost it was like half ranting half recommendation I think everyone Um, should put your feet in the earth if you can if you ever feel really 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 anxious and like you can't stabilize you can't ground yourself go try putting your feet in the sand in the dirt uh, just get your, like, literally ground yourself like a dang tree. It works. <laughs> well, it works for me, which means it works for everyone. Take Exactly. That. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a scientific, like, there is scientific. I don't think grounding yourself in the earth is something we can say is woo-woo, because there, I know there's science behind <laughs> um, to prove that being in nature makes you feel better. I don't know if you well, have to take off your shoes yes. specifically, but going out and being in nature and turning off the noise will definitely make you feel better if for no other reason than like you're away from all the noise. Yes. Very good point. Very true. 
get out in nature if you can. If not, I recommend a nature ASMR video, which I'm really into. Just putting those on in the background with like the birdies chirping and like maybe a fire crackling. And I'm like, that makes me feel pretty. That makes me feel pretty good. I mean, it's not the same thing, but it's better than nothing. Okay. Love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.